0: What's up, people? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. I'm your host, Chris Rausch. In this episode, I interview Mac Alvino. He is a Media Studies major here at the school. We're going to talk about his hockey background and his interest in sports. The show is produced by Grace McGuire, who is also a student here in the School of Communications. Thanks for listening. Mac, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dean Roush. So, let's talk a little hockey here. Okay. You are or are, are still a goalie? Yeah, we can say still. Okay. So, how did you first get interested in being a hockey goalie?
1: So... My parents were pretty strict on their enforcement of no hockey until I turned four years old. So the, four, yeah. So, so the day after, <laughs> how did
0: you know what hockey was?
1: <laughs> I, I guess going to see my dad get his skate sharpened and him taking me to Ranger games, kind of from birth, was quick integration. And then the day after my fourth birthday, I was lacing them up and pushing a sled along, and couldn't do much of anything out there, but. Uh, came back in from my first practice and walked in the locker room and exclaimed, you know, this is the best team I've ever been on. And um, and then quickly it turned into a, a goalie um, a, a craziness um, when my parents would walk into my room and found me with a pillowcase on each leg, and I was just practicing the butterflies on my bed at, you know, one in the morning, which they really loved, but it was a quick clue to them that I was going to be a goalie.
0: And, and how old were you when you were putting pillowcases on your legs? yeah or pillows on your leg
1: about a week after the first practice so still four wow yeah baseball mitt on the left hand spider-man mask over my face it was it was pretty quick from the get-go there
0: (laughs) and and what was it about being a goalie that uh that made you want to be one
1: well, I like to tell people that, like, I saw a Rangers game where Henrik Lundqvist was stealing the show and the crowd was chanting, Henrik, Henrik, and I just wanted all the attention. But um, my mom would tell you that I was just crazy from the get-go and like the pain of being hit with bucks. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you're in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. And you're playing for the New Jersey Avalanche. Correct. And what, uh, that's a AAA team? Yeah, a AAA organization. Okay. Yeah, tell me about that
1: so in north jersey there's a bunch of organizations and they range in skill levels um and age levels and so just out of convenience i started with the avalanche and hackensack because it was the closest rink to my house and so that was eight or nine years old after years of like club and learn to skate um and i played through the lower levels all the way up till middle school maybe and then my skills started to progress and i started to get better and i joined the higher level teams the AAA teams. And as you got to the higher levels in the older ages, it got quite intense, a lot of travel, real high skill, seeing kids go real far places. Um, one of the kids who I played with back then was our own Sam Lipkin.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, was he good back then?
1: Oh, yeah. You could see it kind of <laughs> from the beginning. He was one of those guys that the second he came up, just had the special talent because he was one of the kids who made the long commute down from Philly or wherever he'd been playing before. He was probably driving two hours a night. Wow. Um, so his skill was exceptional right away. You could see that he was gonna be playing here and I was gonna be watching here, kind of from day one.
0: Yeah. So you took a year off after you graduated from high school before you came to college Yeah. to play. Yeah. Where did you play and, and why did you decide to do that? Uh, so I played in Exeter, New
1: Hampshire, uh, for a team called the Seacoast Spartans. It's a junior level team. And uh, basically the way college hockey works is that you're you got four years of eligibility and you can use them whenever you want and there's these junior leagues that run through age 20 21 and schools have taken advantage of the fact that they can have an average age on their team be 23 instead of 19 and the older teams do better Um, so almost every coach in college hockey wants most of their players to be playing junior through age 20 and so just out of pursuit of love of the game and trying to find myself a spot to play college hockey, I took a shot with really no certainty and decided to go play juniors and see if we could get something to stick and uh quite literally my second practice of the season last year I got a concussion kind of derailed the year
0: sorry to hear that it's part of the game how, how did you get hit by a puck or how did that happen
1: um we were doing a drill and there was this six foot four Swedish defenseman and he just was skating backwards defending the forwards and kind of slipped and came right over the top of me and had fell back and hit the ice and that was that was kind of that for a while
0: okay sorry to hear that
1: yeah it's uh it's it was a learning experience to then be home and away from the team and trying to recover and then if i if it hadn't happened i wouldn't have probably realized how much i did want to get back into academics
0: yeah um and and where were you living in new hampshire you said
1: yeah so how does that work (laughs) it's a great question we lived about 25 minutes from the rink. The rink was in Exer, which is a really lovely area. We were living in Hampton Beach, which is, for anyone in New Jersey, Seaside Heights is the comparison. It's a real seasonal beach town. It's something, um, but uh, very cold. Nobody really there from October to March, so it was uh, deserted most of the time, and we were in like those seasonal beach rentals that you and your family get to go be a block away from the beach for a week. Uh, we had nine of us in a two-bedroom rental where we had one guy on the couch, four guys in one room, four guys in the other. It was it was an experience for sure.
0: Now, you, you mentioned that uh, the defensemen that uh, you were playing with were from Sweden. Yeah. Uh, guys from all over the world?
1: Yeah, this league was mostly regional. We probably had five or six guys from Mass on our team, three guys from Jersey. But we had a Russian, we had a Swede couple of Canadians, a couple of guys from West Coast, so it, it really is uh, one of those international leagues where people are coming all over to pursue the same goal. Um, a bunch of those guys ended up probably right around D3 or burning out a little bit and deciding to go to school.
0: Yeah. So th- these are guys who are trying to get a college scholarship? Yeah, correct. Okay. Okay. So let's let's kind of transition. Uh, how did you get to Quinnipiac?
1: I got to Quinnipiac because my mom is really smart. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was one of those high school athletes that was really good for playing high school sports and I was completely steadfast on I'm gonna play division one hockey. There's like I don't even have to look for schools, they're gonna find me. And my mom goes, Yeah, that's a great plan. I love it, I believe in you. Let's look at schools anyway Because um, she foresaw the fact that injuries happen and that I'm a five foot nine goalie so maybe I was a little too confident. Um, so we were touring schools exclusively that had Division One hockey programs, um, which Quinnipiac happens to be the second closest to my house after West Point. And her big rule was, we'll tour every school, it's completely up to you, but just wherever we go, I want you to pretend that you tore your ACL and can never play hockey again. Only look at schools based on if you would want to be there if you couldn't play hockey. and. I only applied to three schools from there it was really clear that like Quinnipiac was the place I most saw myself and we deferred my acceptance after I got in in high school when I applied just like any other student and I still thought like I'm deferring it it's you know probably never gonna happen because I'm gonna go play d1 somewhere where they're gonna want me and I'm really really grateful that my mom was right um and I had this not not to say backup plan because I think it was always the place I wanted to be but uh that after you know a couple of months of not playing and being hurt and having all my friends away at school I realized really quickly like okay this is great and nice to be off and have no responsibility but I, I do want to be academic and I knew that this was the place I wanted to be.
0: And, and what was it about Quinnipiac that attracted you versus the other schools that you applied to?
1: I'm sure this isn't the answer that you know all the prospective students want to hear but it was the lawn I really I really love the fresh cut grass and the, the way that they groom the main campus but uh, but it, certainly the media and communications programs as well as I liked the fact that the campus was so enclosed and not a city campus it wasn't far from home which is really nice to have it's far enough where my mom's not going to just show up on every random Wednesday but if I need to be home in four hours I can be uh, and all the like brick buildings with the glass arches, it was just one of those out-of-a-movie, like, that's-where-I-see-myself things. And it took probably five minutes of my first tour to be like, wow, this place is gorgeous, the people seem happy, it checks all the boxes. So it was very quickly the first option.
0: So you had toured before? Yeah. Okay. And and why media? Why, why communications? What's the attraction there?
1: So the route to get to media was with all things in my life through sports. I am a trivia buff at heart really, just like love stats and facts. And so my parents convinced me to go to what my family um, lovingly refers to as nerd camp. It's a uh, sports broadcasting camp, little shout out for Jeremy Treatman who runs it. But I went for six years and it's a week-long camp where you can be an overnight camper or a day camper and I always did the one closest to home to be a day camper where you go and they are doing activities and you go on a field trip to a stadium and you see a press box and you have guest speakers and do mock interviews, mock press conferences, you kind of host your own podcast for 20 minutes and the counselors are helping you edit it so this is really surreal thinking back to that but I as much as I kind of mocked it because oh I want to be the athlete, I don't want to be the media guy. I also felt that I quickly had a passion for it and maybe even a little bit of skill. And so it was always like, oh, what do you want to do with your life? Answer one, I want to play in the NHL. Answer, okay, answer two, because who goes to the NHL? And it was like, well, I'd love to call games in the NHL or cover the NHL. So that's kind of how it was always a default uh, media.
0: Okay. You mentioned trivia. Yeah. What kind of trivia are we talking about?
1: So, I heard your episode where you gave those four layup Rangers questions a few weeks ago. Layup
0: questions.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, that that was like in my sleep. You can have me tied up, gun to my head, and I'm not hesitating on any of
0: those. So, it's hockey. Is it hockey or is it all sports or...
1: If if you give me basketball, I'll struggle. But my grandfather and I, four or five years ago, went to Cooperstown just to see the plaques and everything and stumbled into a uh, Tuesday night trivia contest that they run on once or twice a summer. And, you know, we were there, we we're watching everybody. We we're like, yeah, sure, we'll join to see how we do. And there's 500 people in the auditorium. We ended up winning the whole thing. I, I take all the credit. Uh, he answered 150 of the 160 questions. So, but uh, baseball works, football works. I, I try to know it all. U.S. presidents work.
0: Last switch hitter to win the American League MVP. Mickey. This is this is my go to question.
1: Wow. See, like I default to Mickey Mantle. But it feels like it has to be way more recent than that.
0: It's more recent than Mickey Mantle.
1: It's not as recent as my lifetime.
0: It's not as recent as your lifetime. Look into like the eighties.
1: See, it's always, see, this is a great question for somebody my age, because how am I going to remember who was a switch hitter when I never saw any of them hit? Um, yeah, This is one where I would have been phoning a friend. My grandpa would have got
0: this. It's Vita Blue. Okay. A pitcher. 1971, the year before the designated hitter starts. What a
1: question. So many technicalities. Isn't that a great question? That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I always keep a couple in my holster just for... Uh, you know, people like you who get me once, so then I get competitive. So when, when we get off, I'll throw four no, or five no, at No, give me you. one right now. Okay. Do you want baseball or? Baseball. Okay. Who holds the all-time MLB single season record for at-bats?
0: Is it Ichiro? Nope. Who is it?
1: It's another switch hitter.
0: It's another switch hitter.
1: Who won? Willie the, Wilson? No. In my lifetime, I remember watching him this season. He won the World Series the year that he did it. I don't know. He was a shortstop. I still don't know jimmy rollins
0: jimmy rollins nice yeah 2008
1: yep and because he's a switch hitter he never came out of the game he was a yeah. leadoff hitter and that yeah. offense just pumped out runs and he didn't take his walks so great back. question yeah
0: great question what was it like 712
1: i think it was like 736 but somewhere in that area yeah
0: wow great question all right so what do you want to do when you graduate you mentioned being an announcer is is hockey announcing hockey the thing or or could you do any sports?
1: I feel like one of the most important things because this is an industry where jobs can be so limited is being versatile. I think if I limit myself to, oh, I want to be the Rangers play-by-play guy, I'm really putting myself in a box there because Sam Rosen and Joe Micheletti are the best. They're never moving on. There's plenty of guys in line for when they do. So if I have to do rugby or uh cricket if that's what i have to call or cornhole i'll make cornhole exciting um i think that's the (laughs) i think that's the approach that you have to take and if it ends up with you in a position of hockey that would be amazing and if it doesn't then you're gonna find something else that hopefully you have a passion for and then my backup backup plan is you know if if nobody wants me to broadcast their games i'll just run a team i always assume i'd be a great gm i play a lot of xbox i'm good on gm mode so i think that's just something that could happen i don't know how but we're winging it
0: do you know who was in the building yesterday do you follow me on social media? I don't. Do you know who Joe Neuendijk is? Sure. Former ho- ho- Hockey Hall of Famer, but former Absolutely. general manager of the Dallas Stars. Absolutely. Was in the building yesterday. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, now that that's a heck of a plug for Instagram, everyone. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel a stupid missed opportunity. I,
0: I didn't post on Instagram. I posted it on Twitter and LinkedIn.
1: Well, there you go, guys. Twitter and LinkedIn. So, Dean Roush.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, his daughter is a student here. That's why he was here.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. This is a heck of a hockey school. We also have uh, a yeah. current head coach's son here. Yeah. That's, yeah, That's really something. Yeah. I'm going to start just searching for people around campus.
0: Mac, have you gotten involved in any student media?
1: Not yet. Um, freshman year, especially as a 20-year-old, I decided first semester I'm going to focus on building friendships, finding myself kind of in the community outside of clubs. Yeah, I wasn't one of those people who wanted to jump super into one thing at first because... And my experience with jobs, I worked at a pizza place for three years, I jumped super into it and then burnt out really quickly. So I wanted to slowly ease into it and have a year of understanding college and then kind of hit the ground running next year when I'm more comfortable in my situation and I think that's still my plan.
0: All right. What's it been like as a, as a 20-year-old freshman when all the other freshmen are like a year or two younger than you? Is, do, you do you notice a difference?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's not <laughs> it's not a unique experience by any means. I don't yeah. want to like say I'm the only person in the world who's done this.
0: Yeah,
1: um, gap years are common. But last year for my gap year, I wasn't just at home the whole time. You know, I was in Seacoast in a house that was never clean with nine other guys, and it probably <laughs> it probably comfortably fits three. Um, and I was kind of having one of those worldly experiences where oh, we're on the road and burlington vermont and we've got five guys in a hotel room with one queen mattress and we're like who's in the bathtub who's on the bed who's on the floor so i i kind of did a lot of growing up last year and i noticed a lot of my friends are very similar to i was right when i got out of high school um my, my roommate's two and a half years younger than me he's a young 04 and i'm a older 02 so there's just a difference in i don't CJ I love you. I know he's going to be listening to this. So, sometimes in motivation, like I think after you've taken a shot at something and you end up here, you're a little more focused. I take 8 a.m.s every day. Yeah. And I, uh, today I today of all days I missed my second 8 a.m. of all year. Oh, my alarm didn't go off. I don't know. Maybe I was nervous for the interview. But um I think that there's definitely just a difference in how you carry yourself. You're never going to be afraid to participate in a class or like what people think because you just have a little more um, appreciation for how much you're devoting to be here and how seriously you should be taking it. Not that my friends don't, but it, there was definitely a little bit of an adjustment at
0: first. I loved ADM classes.
1: Really? It's a game When changer. I was a student,
0: I loved ADM classes.
1: I'll be honest, I don't love getting up at 7.15, um, and the fact that I can just be sleeping till 3 every day is really one of the things that makes you think about what type of a person you are, but I think it's important to have in your schedule, because otherwise you're really too with the flow on your routine. I think it keeps me strict and yeah. Um, focused.
0: Yeah. All right, Mac, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Uncommon Grounds. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is a
0: really cool experience. That was my interview with Mac Alvino. He is a media studies major here in the School of Communications. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by me, Chris Roush. I'm the dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. The show is produced by Grace McGuire, who is a student here in the School of Communications. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at qupodcast you have a story to share? Something you want us to talk about? Find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. On the next episode of Uncommon Grounds, I interview Alex Wanatic, who is a graphic and interactive design major who is involved with the Quinnipiac Bobcat Sports Network. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening.